We've seen this before, David. We've seen this before too many times. Oh, we're going to sign LeBron James. We get Amari Stoudemire. This is a never-ending cycle. Welcome back to the Game Buckets Podcast, Episode 2. I'm Ethan. And I'm David. Welcome back. Uh, just want to remind you all that we have a Twitter account. It's GetBucketPod, at GetBucketPod on Twitter. We haven't been too active there, but we want to grow on there too, so we would appreciate the follow. And uh, we'll also be streaming on Apple Music soon. So we'll try to get this on more platforms, but Spotify was the easiest one for us. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you on more platforms, uh, whatever might be easiest for you. So Ethan, uh, what do we got on the agenda today? Yeah, so uh, let's get right into it. So, you know, over the obviously this is a pretty turbulent time. Yep. In America with all the, you know, the murder of George George Floyd. And um yeah, so all 29 teams issued statements, you know, condemning racism and supporting the cause and of course, you know, James Dolan putting on his clown suit had other ideas. Uh pretty much first tweet he said, um well these were leaks, right? Well, the these were leaks, yeah. The employees and the team members were so upset they leaked it out to the public. Essentially, what he said in his first tweet is um, that their opinion is not... Uh, we are not more qualified than anyone else to offer our opinions on social matters. What's important on social matters, what's important is how we operate. And actually, uh, I believe they did release a tweet uh, yesterday in which they said, this is already a couple of days after everybody else has released statements and emails, and they said, every one of us has a role to play in creating a more just and equal society where there is no racism, bigotry, violence, or hate. We stand with all who act for positive change. Well, you know, this is sad. Obviously, if I'm a player on the Knicks, I'm pissed. If I'm a working, if I'm an employee of the Knicks or MSG, I'm pissed. You know, James Dolan, time and time again, has shown his incompetency to do anything correct. You know, this was a moment where he could have, you know, you're the, a moment where he could have stood up and, and shined. And, you know, you're the, you're the owner of the New York Knicks, one of the most popular franchises of sports in the world. And you just look like an idiot again. Well, he said yesterday that, uh, well, not yesterday, he said a couple of days ago that his point in the leaked email was about actions, but I actually, I think he misses the point here. Yeah, that actually came off even more insulting. Yeah, I uh, think he misses the point. You know, last week there was a lot of focus on, um, on the protests and on looting and stuff like that, so... A lot of people have been saying things like, oh, we don't mind that they protest, but we need them to protest this way or that way. But the fact remains, I mean, you know, we're already just a couple of days since the last episode and the momentum keeps growing. Uh, More cops are getting charged with police brutality. So something's changing in this country. So whatever's happening is working, in my opinion. I I mean, I personally don't stand for violence at all, but I understand why it happens. And if if it's going to get things to work, then... Maybe this is what it takes for people to finally listen to black people in our country. Uh, so I think James Dolan just misses the point. And I think the saddest part about this is the Knicks actually have an excellent record of you know hiring uh, 
black executives. Yeah, you know, I've actually heard of that that James Dolan has an amazing track record when it comes to that. So and it makes it even more upsetting. It makes it just it's, it makes it extremely confusing because uh, you know I don't think that James Dolan, is, he doesn't seem like a outright horrible person. I think he's just kind of an idiot in my opinion. Um, but this is just like a already for two decades of just total ineptitude for the Knicks, and it just like it just doesn't end. Yeah, but you know I just want to ask you real quick. How do you think this affects the Knicks going forward? Do you think players are not going to want to sign there? Oh, I don't think it matters. I think I think the Knicks have been I think the Knicks have been sullied uh for too long. Yeah, the, I don't think this is the thing that broke their back. I think in general this is just an example of why they don't get anybody because James Dolan just doesn't have his finger um on anything. He he doesn't really have a pulse for how people are feeling. He's just there. You know, he. I don't think he really understands, you know, how people are feeling about things in general. And you know, I think the whole landscape of the NBA has changed. The Knicks have kind of been very backward. They they haven't caught up in terms of development, in terms of scouting. We see it in the kinds of players they draft. We see it in the kinds of uh, they've been ways. trash. They've been yeah, trash. But it's, it's god, god awful. But it's all a result. And I mean, now they hired Leon Rose. Uh, we'll talk about that later in the episode. Um, but I think that I think they finally might start to get there. I just think it's kind of too little too late because their crosstown rivals have Kyrie and KD and that was supposed to be the Knicks' coupe. So I guess while we're on the topic, um, you know, we are Nets fans, but um we started off as Knicks fans. Unfortunately, yeah. Um the year before the Nets came we were Knicks fans. Um we kind of switched when the Nets moved to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um what have you noticed about the Knicks uh, that has just been so horrible? I mean, I mean, I, there's obviously <clears throat> a few points that I have written down here, but I want this to be like, you know, a little like a free flowing conversation where we could both uh, interject some points into sure. this conversation. Um, to me, obviously, the problem starts at the top. James Dolan is a fool. Um, he clearly has not shown any competency to own a team, or even has his fingers in this organization too much and to me it it starts out um how he kept steve mills in his organization for around 20 years yeah way too long and you know steve mills has been trash for for years and you know there came to a point where where, you know david griffin wanted to be, be the gm of the Knicks, who's now the Pelicans GM. And he's doing an excellent job. A great job. And he told James Dolan that I'm not going to take this job unless Steve Mills is not here. And, I, I wouldn't and go James to, Dolan did not get rid of Steve Mills. I wouldn't go so far with the David Griffin stuff because he was also the GM of the Cavs. Um, I think part of that just tells you the GM isn't everything. <clears throat> but the problem is... You have nobody in place right now who has shown pot- the potency or the success to be a successful GM, and that's part of the problem. I mean, I was actually shocked to see Steve Mills removed, to be honest, considering how long he was there. Um, that news was very surprising to me. I also think that um, there's just such a horrible track record of how they've had talent and just squandered it completely. I mean... You know, we could go on and talk about Jeremy Lin, Kristaps Porzingis, you know, the Carmelo trade, all these great prospects that they had that they gave up for nothing. But now, we're heading into a draft that's very point guard heavy. You know, I think 
some of the top products like Cole Anthony, uh, obviously the Mellow Ball, has all the hype around him, and even these other like point forward prospects like Danny Avdia. Um, the Knicks have a chance to strike gold here. You know, there's there's this is supposed to be a very deep point guard draft. But do you trust them to make the right pick? You know, this is a team. You know, it was under Phil Jackson, who that was a whole another story. Well, first of all, I think it depends on where they get in the draft. I mean, if they get the number one overall pick, I don't see how they can mess this up. I'm but going with Lamelo every these time. These new draft um, lottery odds put everything into whack. You know, last year the Lakers got the fourth seed when they're projected to get the thirteenth or eleventh seed or something right. like that. So, but that's no part one, of the lottery. No, I mean, that's why I'm saying it doesn't really. There's you, a chance the Knicks could fall out of the top three. So, but that's the thing. It's a very, it's a very, very deep draft. Uh, I think like even a guy like Cole Anthony, who like tore it up in college this year, I think he's only listed on like ESPN's top 200 prospects as like number 14. So there are going to be guys available for them no matter where they land in the lottery. Uh, I think the ideal thing is to be in the top five because I think truly anyone you can get at the top five, and, and the Knicks need talent. I mean, if if James Wiseman is there. They gotta get him. If no, I disagree. I think the Knicks have to take a point guard. If you look at the point guards on their roster, you could argue that they would have no, have this... no chance of being a starter on any other team except for the Knicks. Frank Milikina, good on, good on, no, great on have... defense, but on offense he's trash. I mean, that's just the facts. There's another problem that the Knicks have though, and it's un- it's unfortunate, but it's true. It's one thing to have talent because Lord knows the Knicks have been very good at acquiring talent. Even the Lakers when they were very bad. They're very good at getting into the draft. But what do you actually do with your picks? Now, the Lakers, we all kind of forget because LeBron and AD went there, but they were also horrible at developing their draft picks. And the Knicks are in the same vein. I mean, you look at guys, like, I think the best example of this is Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox was a held lot of very, promise. A lot yeah. of promise, was held very highly. Everybody thought he was a small forward, exactly what they needed, and he just did not pan out. His jump shot is terrible. He just hasn't caught up to the pace of the NBA, and it's already, um, he's not a rookie anymore. And I, I do want to ask you this question, though. Who on the Knicks roster right now do you have faith in going forward? I mean, they got guys. I think R.J. Barrett is going to be a very good player. Uh, I think he's going to be a good player. I'm not 100% sold on him yet. Well, I think he's going to be a very good player. I think most people would agree. I think that he doesn't have a lot to work with, but if he can get that elite point guard, on his side, I think he can uh, really get a lot of I agree. value. I think the New York Knicks have to draft a point guard this summer. They must. They also got Mitchell Robinson. Who I think Mitchell Robinson is excellent. He's great. I love uh, Mitchell Robinson. I think Frank Nittikina, for every for all that people slander Frank Nittikina, I think he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. I mean, but, I just you know he was drafted. Like with the seventh, pick. dude, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. It literally He's doesn't not matter. Wor- it was it, not worth the you, seventh overall dude, pick. Dude, it does not matter. It doesn't matter. It's not about that because that's what they have. So you ask me, what kind of players do they have? The fact is, they also have a bunch of no names on their roster. And Frank Nitakina is a guy who has positive, very, very positive upside. I might add on one side of the floor. I don't think the Knicks have any right to be picky. I mean, this is this is the kind of period where they need to just keep blowing up the team until they have a core they can work with, and that's why. I think something very important to talk about is the head coach because they currently have a head coaching vacancy. Um, they have Mike Miller coaching for now, but everybody knows that he's not going to last. And and that, again, is the problem. He should be the coach next year. He's shown that he's a good coach. I think most Knicks fans would agree that they want him next year. 
but for some reason, I mean, this is just like the never-ending cycle. You need, for younger players, you need them to have one stable coach so they can hear the same voice and develop. If you're That's having right. multiple coaches for multiple years, you're going to stunt the development of young players. And that's just a problem. Again, with another problem with James Dolan is he, you hire a coach and expect that coach not to be there the next year. And the, 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 it's just a, it's a matter of trust. I mean, I, I don't want to turn this whole episode into just, you know, railing on the Knicks, but I guess it's what, it's what we're doing right now. Um, but some of the candidates, Tom Thibodeau, what do you think about that? Are you kidding me? This is a guy, I mean, I don't want to give him too much blame for the situation that happened in Minnesota because, as we're being honest here, the cast that he had were soft players yeah, aside true. of Jimmy Butler. I don't really want to call anybody soft, but, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has not shown that he can lead a team to the playoffs without having Jimmy Butler on it. Um, Andrew Wiggins, we all know that he's soft. Uh, so I don't want to take him too much blame, but the problem with Thibodeau is, is he plays his, his players like 40 minutes. And a young player, you want to you're gonna run them into the ground. Um, I, my opinion, the best coach that they should hire is Kenny Atkinson. Who I was, completely agree. Who has proven to be a great developmental uh, Especially player for coach. point guards. For I point mean, guards, you, you know, look what he did for Dinwiddie, Caris Avert, D'Lo, three point guards. You know, Caris Avert is is a great player who I think can be an all star in this league at some point. Even Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin didn't play much, but I mean he, he, he looked really good when he was playing. But it was also apparently it was it was Kenny Atkinson who spearheaded his whole uh rehab. Um yeah. you know Brooke Lopez started B- B- Splash Mountain because he said Kenny Atkinson is the one who told him to start shooting threes. Yeah. I, if Probably I was the Knicks his career too. If I was the Knicks, I would hire Kenny Atkinson. I've heard rumors of them also one interview with Mike Woodson. I mean then he had a good he 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 had a good run with the Knicks. That's just funny. I remember on MSG they had the Mike Woodson show and like the the opening was like with the saxophone. Yeah, uh, that was pretty pretty cool. So shout out Mike Woodson. I do want to ask you this now: Do you have any faith in Leon Rose and Worldwide West? Are you willing to give them the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, of course I am. I am not. But why not? Absolutely not. Because we've seen this situation too many times. On. Why not hire somebody who has shown their track record to be successful? You're signing somebody that you have no idea is going to be successful. There was a lot of rumblings, you know, that Masai Ujiri wanted to force his way out of Toronto to go to the Knicks. And you sign a Leon Rose, an, agent, an ex-agent? Really? Well, listen, like, an ex-agent will bring players, and that's what they need. Supposedly. It worked with Palinka. Did it work with Palinka? They got LeBron and Anthony Davis. LeBron was there already. LeBron was going to go there regardless. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Fine, even still. AD? No, I mean, Palinka, you know. A good supporting my, cast in I'm the second year. I'm not completely year. sold on Rob Palinka yet. If all you do is but ask he, LeBron and AD what players you want to sign, that's not really a job for me. But, I want to see what he was going to do when LeBron retires. But let's see what he does then because... So basically, your your argument is the jury's still out because the jury's still the, out on Rob Palinka because but then we, what saw makes you, da- we saw Anthony Davis. But then what makes you so sure that Leon Rose won't have the same effect? Because next year is going to be a big free agent class too. Next year it will be yes, and he'll be there. And uh, uh, but supposedly there'll be a year of some sort of structure with the Knicks. But we so have but, some sort of. But thing we they can we show we people. we've seen this before, David. We've seen this before too many times. Oh, we're going to sign LeBron James. We get Amari Stoudemire. Oh, 
You know, but there's too many times. It's a never-ending cycle. Oh, we're going to get Kyrie, KD and Kyrie. They got Dennis Smith Jr. from a trade and Julius Randle. But what makes... I think this time Who may you, be different because I don't think they're no, going to be shooting for I the top players com- anymore. I just completely disagree with you. I, I think it's going to be it's going to be terrible. They know they're not going to get Giannis. They know that. They should know that. But they're and not, any Nick th- fan who thinks they're getting Giannis, just stop. They, they, but the Knicks know they're not going to be make the same mistake. They're not going to waste their time. They're going to be looking for value players, guys who can contribute to actually winning, but not my, just looking for the big... Because the Knicks' strategy has been, oh, we're the New York Knicks, so we're going to win, and we're going to win all these free agency battles. And like you said, they haven't won any of them. But all it takes is a small change in philosophy. Why are you willing to give them the benefit of the doubt? Because I'm not convinced that people don't want to play for the New York Knicks, period. But I think it's people, been proven time I, and time again that they I don't see, want to. The New York Knicks still reign supreme as an icon of the NBA. And that's a fact. Nobody wants to see the Knicks fail. And I think there is a certain point where people will just see, wow, I can be the difference maker here. And I can make the Knicks a winning team. Because the the Nets right now have Kyrie and KD. And I'm saying this as a Nets fan. We're not the top dog team in New York yet. The the paltry Knicks. No, we we have to win. The paltry Knicks on the other side of the... They they still get most of the attention. And even people focus... Even us. We're spending already, you know... The entire time in our podcast talking about the Knicks, everybody loves laughing at the Knicks. It's a it's a national pastime, but there's going to be a certain point where that's going to end. So I'm not going to bet against the Knicks. I think that if they have a small change in philosophy, if they have a good structure next year, even if it's Thibodeau as coach, as much as I personally would not like to see that for them, even if it is Tom Thibodeau, at least they will have something they could show people. And then I think that their strategy going into next summer. Okay, let me lay this. Let me let me lay this scenario out for you. You sign. Tom Thibodeau as your coach. Okay. Honestly, do you think that will have a positive or negative impact on the organization moving forward? It depends if they win. It just it just depends on winning. That's all it depends if on. Go- it, if Tom Thibodeau has a change in coaching philosophy, then yes, it could and work. And by the way, I think I think that the Knicks, in terms of the players that they have, are much less soft than the Timberwolves. And they also don't have these bloated max contract guys and these egos that the Timberwolves had to deal with. Because you already had Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns acting like, you know, oh, we're top dog, we're top dog, as they, you know, blew leads, and they couldn't handle it. Jimmy Butler was, was you know, turning the heat up on him a little bit. And Jimmy Butler's, you know, he's a great leader. He would actually be the perfect player for the Knicks. Because you see what he's doing in Miami. It's a young core. He took off right where... He he took right where Dwayne Wade left off, and you know he's already made them a uh, playoff team. I think top, top four team. You know we talked top about five. yeah we talked about dark horse candidates. I forgot to mention the Miami Heat, dude. Yeah, they're, they're a young team. They're a great team. They're, they're, that's going to be my team in the playoffs. I think if not the Nets, because um, I just think that they they have you know Spolster's an excellent coach, and I think that they really have a very balanced offensive and defensive system. And I'm really excited to see the damage they do in the playoffs, especially like I said, they're a young team. You know, if they come out of the gates, watch out. All right, but I want to go back to the Knicks for a second. There was a clear made-up narrative made by the media, the media and sports media that players are going to want to come to New York. That has been proven time and time again. That is not true. But you're and wrong. I feel, you're wrong I, here. I feel that you have bought into that narrative too. No, it's because you're wrong. I'm not wrong. Kevin Durant himself said that he was interested in going to the Knicks. He said it himself. But he didn't sign there in the end. He didn't sign there because they didn't have a system there. Yes, and that is the problem. But now there's a system there. They got rid of Steve Mills. They added Leon Rose, who is his job is to bring players. They're going to get a legitimate NBA coach, not just a Derek Fisher type. Or that's even why they don't want to have Mike Miller because they would rather have a guy with experience. Uh, 
I agree that they should probably keep him, but that's clearly not what they want to do. So I think we're past the point of just, you know, roasting the Knicks for everything they do. It's clear to me that they have, they have a structure. They have something that they want to pursue. They have a vision. Maybe it's not a concrete vision like the Nets had of, oh, we're going to improve this year. We're going to improve that year. We're going to subtract these players, and we're going to just add by subtraction until we get to these, this goal of KD, Kyrie, and their friends. You know, maybe they don't have that kind of vision, that kind of structure, because that was always the Nets' end game. Let me ask you this then: what is what? What would be your solution to fix the problem that is the New York Knicks? Well, they're halfway there. First of all, you get a coach and you sign him for four years, and you know, you you get a coach, you get strong assistance. You know, even if they don't get Kenny as a head coach, they need to hire him in some capacity. Maybe it's like the highest paid assistant coach in the NBA, because. He could take a guy like Lamelo, and he could single-handedly fix all the development problems that the Knicks have with their players. If they, I mean, if the Knicks get first overall and they take Lamelo and they have Kenny Atkinson behind them, I mean, just watch out. The NBA needs to watch out because he he would. And that was another thing with Lonzo. Lonzo's a very he he's clearly a good player. He looks no, he looks. But he good, had a big good. problem in LA, and you know, all the young players that came out of LA improved once they left. I feel LeBron stunted his growth a little bit. I mean, it was understandable. But even gotta... in his even when he was like. Uh, I mean, look, I personally feel like Lonzo has been better outside of L.A., but I'm not even talking about them. I'm talking, this is an indictment on the, on the Los Angeles Lakers development staff because you even look at a guy like D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell was going nowhere. Now, but, he had the Kobe farewell tour. I know. He had the stuff with Nick Young. I know. Even still, he got to Brooklyn, and he was turned into a completely different player. He was turned into truly, like, elite offensive player. Yeah, a bit inconsistent, but... D'Lo is an animal, and you know we got to wa- watch that. Oh, that was the, the most fun I've ever had watching the NBA. Yeah, season. and he's just—he's a joy to watch. I think Minnesota got a great player, and I really hope they can put it together with him. And uh, I just hope uh, D'Lo finds some stability. We miss you, D'Lo. Shout out, D'Lo. Uh, best years as a Nets fan. So yeah, and I think that's all we have to say about uh, you know the Knicks for now. And so I want to ask you now: Who are you know who's who would the worst owner in the NBA, in your opinion, be? For me, I would say it's uh, Vivek Ranadive. Uh, the Kings have gone nowhere the last 20 years, haven't even done as much as sniff the playoff spot. I think it's like the longest active streak of missing the playoffs in the NBA. And it's been even worse for them in a way than teams that have just cratered at the bottom of the West every year. And there have been several because they usually are like high 20s, mid-30 win teams. which and They are, almost made the playoffs like two years ago, I think. Last year. Last they, year. Last yeah. year they almost, made, they almost made it. And, you know, people were like, oh, my God, the Kings are back. The Kings are back. And Not really. They hired Luke Walton and they all went to yeah, but, the trash. But that's also how low the expectations are for the Sacramento Kings, that when they are like a 35-win team, people lose their minds, uh, which is very sad. I don't know. I think that... That's basically the biggest curse that they've had is not even being so horrible that they can just get great picks, which has been the case in some years. But generally, they're just a completely harmless team. You know, they lose most of their games. They get some mid-lottery pick, do nothing with them. Cycle continues. The only the only young player with talent that I have faith in on that team is Zion Fox. Buddy Heald also. But and Buddy Heald. I mean, Marvin Bagley had a, a really bad year this year. I'm. Not really uh, too sold on him. They just have a bunch of question marks on their team. I mean, they're they're like the Knicks of the West, honestly. 
I think worse, to be honest. No, definitely worse. But that's that's the best analog. They're they're the Knicks of the West. The only difference is they're like under constant threat of relocation, and the Knicks are not because the Knicks are the Knicks, which I think goes back to my point before about them. Uh, but yeah, I'd have to pick the Kings. I don't know. I I think I know what who you're gonna say. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pick Robert Sarver. Yeah. Um, just trash. The Suns have been a joke. Since Steve Nash left this team. Have not been the same. And they've just been horrible. I mean, they made the playoffs one year, I think, when they won 42 games. They, they barely missed it when uh, Gerald Green, I remember, was on that team. And Hornacek was a coach. Uh, but no, they yeah, didn't make it. They barely they made barely, it. They, they, they barely, barely missed, missed it. it. And that was like, uh, you know, jump for joy year. But since then, then they've just been horrible. I mean, obviously, you got Devin Booker on the team, who's... I was an all-star this year and was deserved to be an all-star. He was playing great. Uh, DeAndre Aiden, who looks was, great, looks like a good player, but you know, obviously Luka Doncic should have been the first overall pick in that draft. But then the questionable decision to trade TJ Warren away for nothing just to make cap space for Ricky, for Ricky Rubio. Rubio as your signing point guard is something that makes absolutely no sense. You know, TJ Warren was averaging 18 points a game and thing is averaging 20 points a game now yeah with the Pacers and is playing really well and he's they just he's gone for nothing for nothing and then they have Aaron Baines who was playing okay and then they had um, I hate Aaron Baines by the way yeah Aaron Baines is uh on the Celtics was uh terrorizing the Nets every single night and I really hated him well they got but they got Kelly Oubre Jr. who is actually playing really well so he's, they do have a young talent but uh have not been Proven to I would not show. call Aaron Baines young, dude. No, I mean, other than uh, not Aaron Baines, but Aiden, Ubre, and uh, Booker. Three good young players. And I assume but a fourth on the way. We'll see. Um, yeah, draft. but Robert Sarver has been just bad. I mean, the son has been a joke. He threatened to leave uh, Phoenix because he, he didn't get enough money, I think. For, for, for an arena. For an arena. So he threatened to leave. Obviously, it didn't happen. Um, and honorable mention... How we cannot? How can we not say um, Michael Jordan? Yep, one of the greatest players of all time. Uh, obviously, did absolutely nothing with has been brands. has been horrible for these Charlotte Bobcats back then and now the Hornets. You know when he was with the Wizards, he had a hand in picking Kwame Brown first overall. And then for the Hornets, he's just aside for Kemba Walker has just missed. Over and over and over again. But that's that was a problem with Charlotte. Like long before he was there, the Charlotte Charlotte has just been probably the most depressing franchise in the NBA because they've really they've I mean really yeah, had they can't attract free agents. But in that case, you've got to draft well. They've never even been to but a look, conference but, finals. Dude. But look at their their draft history though. The, some of the busts that they've picked: Adam Morrison, complete bust; Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who they selected over Bradley Beal, who has stuck around but isn't anything too special. I mean, they just selected Mikael Bridges. Who is it? Mikael Bridges? It's some Bridges. I forgot. Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges. Yeah, Mikael Bridges on the Suns. Miles Bridges, who is actually shown to be a decent player. He was the rising, the rising, uh, rising uh, All Stars yeah. uh, MVP. Malik Monk. Malik Monk, bust. Has well, not. He's has also... not. Has not shown to be, you know, anything too special. But you know why, right? Why? Well, he was suspended of the drug program. Turns out he has a cocaine addiction. I mean, yeah, obviously, but on the on the floor he's been not good. 
Well, yeah, if you have a drug addiction, you probably won't. So, I mean, hopefully he can improve. Hopefully he will turn Because he had around. a lot of upside. I, I actually remember in that. In college, he had great upside. But in the NBA, you know, we saw him play and we were like, wow, what, what the hell happened to this guy? Yeah. Well. That's, uh, it's sad. I think he, he's either in rehab or it got leaked why he uh, was suspended for the drug program. Because it wasn't like a steroid. So a lot of people were saying, well, what could it be if it's not steroids? And now people know. Um. Yeah, but you know, another thing that I think is worth mentioning, especially today, about Michael Jordan, is that Jordan Brand donating a hundred million dollars over ten years yeah, to a bunch was, of uh yeah, that was salute black to him. charities. That was great. Uh, so and also apparently he's been leading the front in terms of you know how to make the NBA competitive when it came back. Yeah, because you know this is the guy that said back in um the nineties who did not really want to speak on political issues at all. You know, he said the classic line, Republicans buy sneakers too. Allegedly. So, allegedly. So it's pretty pretty surprising to see him now uh, be so open and donate all this money. And, you know, it shows a lot of maturity and, you know, props to him for doing that. Yeah. So uh, now I think it's a good time to move on to our final topic of the day. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you this question. Which of the teams that did not make the playoffs do you think has the brightest future? Well, I mean, I'm curious what you are going to say. I know if I had to pick one in the East. Well, I think in the West is very obvious. It's the Warriors. Has to be the Warriors. Has obviously. to be the Warriors because they're going to get Steph Curry back. They're getting Clay Thompson back. They're going to have a, probably a top four pick. Yeah, uh, and uh, say what you want about Draymond Green, but when they are on the floor, he looks much better than he did this past year. Yeah, I mean he was well. He had not not the greatest. Anything year. that Draymond Green says about Charles Barkley is just comedy to me because yeah. he. Charles Barkley uh, a legend. put up much better numbers on his own than Draymond Green could ever dream. But uh, that's enough talking about Draymond. Uh, I think the Warriors are going to look great. And again, say what you want about Draymond, but he definitely has an important role on that team. So they'll be back. Uh, basically, anybody they draft will contribute because they really just have not had the talent that they needed. So now they're going to get a new infusion of talent, young talent. Steve Kerr is a great coach. So we'll see what happens, but the Warriors should be back in full capacity next year. I'm not 100% sure they'll be going deep in the playoffs. You know, their bench still has a lot to be desired. Question marks, yep. A lot of question marks on that bench. Obviously, those first iterations of the championship team had amazing, an amazing bench. They lost the depth for Kevin Durant. They lost the depth, and the depth is still not there. You got, you know, Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, Marquise Chris, who starts for them, I'm pretty sure, but... You know, this is not for how long? Yeah. This is not top tier talent. Uh I think they'll be a good team. I don't think they're a team that will be going far. I would like to be proven wrong. It'll be On cool. On the to other see. hand, Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry is, is a god. So And Clay Thompson too, who I does feel like does not get time. does not get enough credit. This man is a god. Yeah. At um, least the best spot up shooter in the NBA. Yeah, for in the West for me, obviously the Warriors is gonna be everybody's number one pick. I think the Timberwolves have a bright future with D'Lo and Carl Anthony Towns. And know, maybe Devin Booker along the way, too. Per, per, maybe Devin Booker. I don't know how they're going to fit all that in their cap. In the cap. Uh, That's going to be the best offensive and worst defensive team of all time. No, I think Carl Anthony Towns has shown the potential to um, to be a good defender. Hasn't shown it yet, unfortunately. And, you know, he's been labeled, unfortunately, soft. Uh, I'm not going to say whether or not he's soft. Um, but I think that team has potential to be good with D'Lo there. Um, D'Lo, I love D'Lo. He's a great player. Was my favorite player last year. And then the Suns, 
Uh, I'm with them broken on that team. They got a good future too. Um, I'm sorry about the Kings. No, I'm not sold on the Kings at all. So you basically say Warriors and Timberwolves. Warriors and Timberwolves. So hear me out. I think obviously and obviously the Pelicans too. Um, and but they're yeah, but they're still in the playoff hunt. They're in the playoff. Talking about people who are gone. Yeah. I'm gonna just go on a limb and say that I think maybe not immediately, but I think the Knicks are on their way to getting to the top again. I I would I would I want to agree with you, but I can't. I, so I wanna for me I'm at the point where I'll believe it when I see it with the Knicks. That's fine. I'm of the opinion that there is definitely something different this time because they don't have Steve Mills. They have new management. And I think it's getting to the point where people will just clown the Knicks for anything but they do you, and there's no sense of objectivity that they actually Okay, fine. It's not Masai Ujiri, but it's somebody who's going to bring players. All they need to do is have some sort of stability. All, that's all they need because that's something that they haven't had in 20 years. All they need is some sense of stability. They need a structure from a coach. That's why even a guy like Thibodeau, you can't say that you know he has a reputation for having a style. He has a very specific kind of style. That's the kind of thing that the Knicks need. Is it an outdated style? Maybe, but people said the same thing about Frank Vogel. They said, oh, his defensive way of playing in the NBA is, is past his time. He's not going to be a good coach. You know, he's going to get fired. Jason Kidd's just going to be the coach. He's going to be another player coach for LeBron. That hasn't been true at all. Frank Vogel has been great for the Lakers. He's really, he's, he's gotten a lot he's, out of them. And it's not, just because, it's not just because they have good players. I mean, they, everybody has a very good role. For, so I think it can be the same thing with Thibodeau. They don't have LeBron James on their team. But they, well, my point is they need to have that kind of structure. And... Once they have that kind of structure, they'll actually have a product that they can show to people. They can actually show improvement because they will improve this year. So they can actually show players going into free agency, hey, look how we improved this year. But it's going to take a lot. It's going to take James Dolan to you know get out of the way a little bit, which he, as we can see, he's really struggled to do. He's just made a lot of things about himself. Even still, I think they're on their way. And I think that this is just a draft that they cannot possibly mess up because there's just so much available talent and you know they're gonna end up somewhere in the lottery and they just they virtually cannot miss as long as they're in the top five anybody in the top five they take is going to be good even if it's not the guy they want they'll get somebody who can bring them to the next level for me i i'm willing to co-sign that point for you if and only if the Knicks sign kenny Atkinson to a four-year deal then to me i I'm willing to see some sort of improvement because I know what's going to happen if Kenny Atkinson is the head coach. The younger players will develop. It has been proven time and time again that they will develop and the good players. For me, I'm not going to pick the Knicks in the East. Um, for me, there are a couple of teams. Um, the Hawks, obviously. Trey Young, they got John Collins. They ju- obviously, they know they just traded for Clint Kevin Capella. Herter. Kevin Herter. Uh, I, did, I think they have a bright future. You know, I'm not 100% sold yet on Trey Young on his winning impact yet. He obviously is a great player. But he's also, I mean, we saw Capella thrive with James Harden. Who, I mean, and James Harden and Trey Young are very similar kinds of players. So there's no reason to think I'm he passing the ball wise, maybe, but offensively, no. Well, okay. Well, there's a there's a level, but just no. In terms of how they fit in the team, it's very similar. This kind of shoot at will player. No, I think fearless, I I think that that team does have a bright future. Um, you know, obviously, say what you want, the Bulls. I do believe have a bright future. Obviously, Laurie Markkinen 
did not have the greatest year. Um, sophomore, a little bit of a sophomore slump. He hasn't been the same ever since Jerry Allen dunked on him. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, po- po- you could possibly say that. So, you know, if you have a, don't know what I'm talking about, just search up Jared Allen. But you know, they got Murray. they got Zach Levine, who is really playing well, who was a fringe All Star candidate, not, in my opinion. Uh, fringe All Star candidate. Um, again, you know, I don't know. There are people who are not sold on him yet. They don't know if players want to play around him. Uh, you know, but I I think he's a good player. Then you could actually uh center people around them. Uh, one team for me that I really have abs- absolutely no faith in over the New York Knicks, I would have to pick the Detroit Pistons. I mean, or the Wizards. Forget the Pistons. The Pistons, the Pistons. Um, you know they have nobody on their roster right now. Like I honestly cannot name Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, who's been injured all year though, and has not looked good when he came on uh, the floor to play this year. He's been injured and all they year. They traded Andre Drummond too. They traded Andre Drummond away for peanuts and pennies. Uh, that Detroit Pistons team looks like it's going to be garbage for the next few years. Uh, and then uh, the Wizards who are in the playoff line, obviously, but I don't have a lot of faith in them either. You know, John Wall had that Achilles. Uh, and he's a player that relies on his athleticism a lot. And forget that. I mean, Bradley Beal is basically... And Bradley Beal, you know, who... Talking about all the smoke, like, he's, we, he's gone. We, so. an- we anticipate he's going to be on the Nets. We don't know that for sure. Uh, we'll but wait we're waiting to see, obviously. So, yeah, that'll be my picks for teams that have the brightest future. So, thanks for tuning in to episode two of Getting Buckets. Uh, we'll see you next week, probably on the weekend. And um, follow us on Twitter, Get Bucket Pod. We'll try to put more content there. We expect to be on Apple Music or Apple Podcast, whatever it's called, uh, by next Monday ish. So, stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening as always, and uh, see y'all next time. Deuces. Deuces.